0: This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello,
1: sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. Today's podcast is a little extra special because it's my 100th podcast. Joining me today will be my friends Arnie Chapman and Dave DiPaolo and we're going to be discussing the top 100 players in NFL history. We originally thought we could do this in two parts, but as it turns out, we're going to need a part one and part two just to cover the defense. So sit back and enjoy.
2: I was telling Mark, I looked at three lists of guys that shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, (laughs) they're saying – and it's just insane. I mean, but the, you know, I said to Mark, I wonder if these guys go and they look at other guys' lists because some of the lists, all th- three guys, like were in the same list. Three of the same guys. Art, uh, Lynn Swan was in all three of them. He shouldn't be in according to these 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 different guys. But you know, who knows? If everybody's got a diff- That's what's crazy about these lists. They're so subjective, but right. it's still fun to do it. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, the oldest list here, with the top 100, is from 1999. And that's the book yes, you have, is. right?
2: You have that book. Yeah, here's the book here.
1: Sporting News 100
2: Greatest Players, and it was Sporting News. Right. They're the ones that wrote the book. Yep. And, and was- uh, in the beginning of in the beginning of the book, Mark, they wrote about how they how they selected how many writers voted in on it and all the other stuff and according to this thing there was um uh they had a selection committee with 300 names and when from the 300 names they got it down to a hundred names and then uh-huh. every editor was asked to pick their top 10 guys without right. any rankings just your top 10 players of of all time and from that I guess that's where they got some of the unanimous picks if, if if a guy was picked by all 10 guys he was selected unanimous unanimously right and then from there they you know they filled out uh, the next 50. They, they narrowed it down little by little and um, they were all guys I guess that worked for the sporting news um all these writers 12 editors actually is what they were okay. so you know but that that when I bought when I got that book years ago, and then I compared it to what you were talking about. I think that last right. list, right. There was quite a few guys in the book that had, that weren't on there.
1: Yeah, well, you're talking 23 years now, so uh the only the only uh real major objection I have to that Sporting News list is like most most lists most of these lists are very top heavy with quarterbacks and running backs. Of course, because, you know, they're the guys that are holding the football. So that's the guys everyone's going to notice. So 34% 34 of that top 100 was running backs and quarterbacks.
2: That's right. That's right. I looked at that. And from the list from 20, uh, from uh, 99 to 2019, the 20 span, 19, I think, guys were changed. Right. Guys dropped off and new guys that came out. And I just, I hand wrote them down on a piece of paper. and I think I sent you an email.
1: That's a lot. 19's a lot.
2: Yep. And we can go over that. You know, like you said, whatever you want to do
1: first, we'll go over this. We'll start with the the defense. Right? Yeah, good, good, good. Go ahead, Mark. So defensive tackle, they picked uh, six guys, Right. The sporting news. Yep. They picked six. Yes, they did. They got uh, Lily as number one. They have Joe Green as number two. Marilyn Olson is number three. And uh, those top three, I I really have no disagreement with at all. You could put them in any order you want, but I think those three guys were the top. I mean. Most people that I, most people, it seems, have those, those three guys as their top three defensive tackles. Then they have Alan Page, Randy White, and Buck Buchanan. The one guy I didn't have, out of those six, the one guy I don't have on my top 100 is Buck Buchanan. I don't have him in my top 100. Uh, and it's hard, you know, it's hard to keep him off because he was, he was certainly uh, worthy of his Hall of Fame credentials, but I don't have him. I have the other five, and uh, like I said, I think I think uh, Alan Page and Randy White are a little bit below the other three: Lily, Joe Green, and Merlin Olson.
2: If I had a, if I had to rank those, I wouldn't rank them. But I mean, if you had the gun to your head and you ranked them, I would put. Uh, Merlin Olsen ahead of Joe Green. I would. I mean, too. Joe Joe Green played on four championship teams with the Steelers, so he made that famous commercial with the little kid. He throws right. him the shirt, and that was those things are very big. Like for people, don't think oh, about yeah. it. You know, yeah, and they're very, very big. So, but popularity. Lily, go. You go look at these lists, Mark. These these. Right. Whole, one hundred greatest players. All of them, almost all of these guys, are on some kind of a de- uh, all-decade team. Yep. You know, not all okay. of them, but somewhere they're all decade players. Almost every one of these guys. Right. Then you got a handful of guys. Very few. Lily's one of them. He's all decade in two decades. Right. It's, that's how great he was. Yeah. He only played till seventy-four. He retired in seventy-four. So we played yeah, five 20. years in the seventies.
1: And seventy four. Yeah. So I would you know? I mean if I was pick if I was gonna pick if you only could take eleven, you know, pick an eleven man defense, I would take Lily and Olson. No, I think the only reason I put green slightly below them is because Lily and Olson hardly ever got injured. And Joe Green started to have a lot of injuries in his in his uh, towards the end of his career. He was injured a lot. Yeah, but you talked not, I mean, about not, that. Yeah, not that that's his fault, but I think Lilly and Olson were just more durable. So I would look. agree with you there.
2: Olsen holds the record for 14 Pro Bowls. This That's was right. back when the Pro Bowl meant something. Forget about right. this garbage where the fans vote. That's trash. The fan right. it becomes a popularity cut. This is when you were only voted on by your peers. All this other right. crap with the fans voting for the Pro Bowl. It's all stuff they do to make you feel like you're involved in the process and all this other feel-good stuff. Take right. like that away. Jo- Merlin Olsen has 14 Pro Bowls, more than Lilly. That's, even. Yeah. But don't forget, to Lilly's defense, those early
1: teams he played on were atrocious. And he was playing defensive end in the beginning.
2: Yeah, he was out of right? position. That's right. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: He was out of position. This, I want to just show you this bookmark. I know nobody gets it, but uh, when they have each player, like here, take this page, for example. Mike Singletary, he's ranked number 56. Uh And on the bottom, there's a list. You see Walter Payton there. There's a list of players. And it has nothing to do with it. It says, best players I've ever seen selected by Bill Walsh. So that's on each page. There's some kind of a list. It's very interesting. And a lot of them are best players I've ever played against. And so, like Sam Huff, most intense lineman I ever played against, written by Sam Huff, but. The best players I've ever seen, this is Bill Walsh talking here. Mm -hmm. He had Joe Montana at number one, Jim Brown at number two, irrespective of position. And he had Bob Lilly at number three. The third greatest player he'd ever seen, Bill Walsh. So, like, when people start to argue about stuff and stuff like this, I always go back to, like, look, Bill Walsh knew a little about football, right? Yeah. But there's a hundred things like that in this book for each player, and they're very... Very interesting. You see what some of the players thought about a lot of the players that they played
1: against, you know? Yeah, yep. So uh, well, yeah, defensive that's... end. Go ahead. Go ahead, Bert. Oh, I, I was just going to say, do you want to move on to defensive end? Yes, yep. Yep. They have uh, Deacon Jones at number one, Gino Marchetti at number two, Reggie White at number three. Bruce Smith at number four and Willie Davis at number five. And I don't, on my list, I don't have Willie Davis. The other four I have. And, yes. Uh, I would, you know, the top three. If I had to pick an 11-man defense, I think I'd go, oh, boy, that would be tough. I'd go with Deacon Jones. I don't know. Between Gino Marchetti and Reggie White, that would be tough. To pick one. That would be really tough, to pick one over the other. Because that's pretty much a toss-up, I think.
0: How much was the difference between Marchetti? So, like, Reggie White, of course, was more my era. What was the uh, the style of play?
1: Well, Marchetti uh, really was the first. He was really the first defensive end that uh, would grab, you know, the, the art of grabbing and throwing the blocker out of the way. That was more of his style, like just uh, getting under his shoulder pads, grabbing him and throwing him out of the way. And then Lilly did that as a defensive tack. But uh, Reggie White was more like of a bull rusher. So I think uh, Reggie White was a more more of a power rusher. And, of course, they yeah. played in uh, very different uh, different eras. Marchetti was mainly uh like late 50s and played into the 60s yeah he was he, he
2: was one of the first guys like mark said to be recognized like as a you know defensive t- players weren't really like recognized as much until the, it became popular when Landry coached the New York Giants and they were chanting for defense defense That was a big thing. You never heard that, ever. That was the first time you heard people cheering for the defense. That's right. So I'm looking at the names in the book. So it's got 216 games. It tells you how many games they played. Marchetti, 161. Reggie White with 200 sacks. And no sacks, obviously, for Marchetti. They didn't keep track of it. So that's a big thing. But, you know, you can't just go by statistics. No, like no. that those lists I was talking about before we was talking about guys that shouldn't be in the hall of fame right they're they're running down statistics on all the players they're 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 you look you you, you you can't really go by that the game has changed so much like That's it, right. it, it's hard there's got to be other things a real telltale sign uh, with these lists is to me is if you, play, if you played 14 years and half your years, you were all pro. I mean, yeah. if you played half of your career and you were the best at your position, that's all pro. That, to me, yeah. and a lot of these guys have that. Go look at their careers. A lot of them, half the years that they played, they were all pro. And right. so, not so, even Pro Bowls were, like I said, up until the year 2000, Pro Bowls really did mean a lot. Once they got the fan voting to me, you could throw it right. out the window. But yeah. I think the fan voting counted for 30%. I believe that's what it was. I lo- I, th- I thought I looked it up. Um, and you got guys here. They talk about fumble recoveries. They talk about this. There's not much for the defensive players. But when right. you start looking at guys like um, – I think there was a couple other players that were involved in two decades, of, but not many. And you could see – You know, you say, geez, this guy was really, you know. But of those guys, you know, a lot of people have Alan Page up there because he was the first defensive player, I think, Mark, to win
1: um, uh, um, MVP, MVP. wasn't he? 1971, yep. He won MVP. Yep. Right. And he was an
2: undersized guy. He was only about 240
1: pounds. I well, at the, I think at the beginning he, he fluctuated because at the beginning he was bigger, but then he got into like midway into his career. He was studying to become a, a lawyer and, uh, right. then he got into, he got into like marathon running. He got into running very heavily. And so he lost, a, he probably lost a good 30 pounds just from, uh, all yeah. the running he was doing. So, but, uh, Reggie uh I mean uh, Alan he be- Page. He became a Alan, He became a judge, Ernie. Alan yes, Page. That's he became right. a judge. Alan, yep, became a judge. So uh what do we have? Uh, we could go to um, outside linebackers. Yep. Yeah. So they have uh Lawrence Taylor as number one, Jack Cam as number two, uh number three I'm a little confused on this one cuz I always thought and perhaps I'm wrong. I always thought Chuck Bednarik was a middle linebacker but I looked it up and it looks like he played a lot of outside linebacker. And then they have uh, I think number 4 Go ahead. Yep. I think I think he might have played
2: Dave. both Mark, I think you're right.
1: Yeah, I think he played both. But I think he played a lot more outside linebacker than I thought he did. And then they have Ted Hendricks as number four and they have Bobby Bell as number five. But here you have, uh, you know, some, you, you got to kind of look at, uh, weak side and strong, you know, like again, if I was going to pick an 11 man team, you know, you have you would have Taylor on the weak side, right? He played weak side, and Jack Ham right. played strong side. So you're you're all set up there. You got Taylor at the weak side, and Ham at the strong side.
2: Well, and, uh, Ta- Taylor's a we whole could. different yeah. He's a whole different yeah. animal, Mark, because he you, you could. he was really he was a linebacker almost playing like a, a defensive lineman. 'Cause he rushed the right. passers so much work. When we that's started right. watching football in the sixties, a lot of these outside linebackers were dropping back in coverage. And Taylor right. did that too. I'm not going to take that away from him, but uh, they say that Jack Ham is pure outside linebackers. They claim he was the best ever. A lot of that's like a general consensus of a lot of people.
1: Well, he was the best at uh pass coverage, I believe. He was outstanding at pass coverage. And, uh, yeah, yeah, like you said, Taylor was, uh, you know, he was really like a linebacker slash defensive end. And so he, he, really, uh, he
2: was the he revolutionized that position. Put it to you that way, he really did. Right,
1: but like we were dis- me and you discussed this, uh, he his timing was good too. He came in at just the right time when all the rules were changing. So, uh, and he also had smart enough coaches, between Belichick was the defensive coach and uh, Parcells was the head coach, they were smart enough to realize, you know, this guy has a special talent. So let, let's let just let him loose. Let him go rush the quarterback. No, you're right. Yep. What
2: year, um, did, he, um, I'm, what I'm year did
0: he come out?
1: I think 81 was his first year. 1981 was his rookie season.
0: Because wasn't 83 when they went to sacks were official records? Mm, or somewhere around about there? I think
1: he's right. 82, 83, probably around there, yeah. Probably yeah, I'm
2: right looking around at, I'm that looking time. At their, I'm looking at their Pro Bowls. They list that here. I, I would rather see uh, all pros things. If you go to their uh, full page, they tell you. Well, uh, at the Pro Bowls, they list them in this quick thing to look at. Right. And that's why they take, that's why Ray Nitsky gets short chain. Ray Nitsky only yep. went to one pro bowl. Yeah. And he was on two of those three lists about guys being taken out of the hall of fame. And if you look at his, I mean, but when, when you watch, the, I mean, look, the Packers were like the, uh, you know, they were the dominant team of the sixties. Yeah. And <clears throat> Ray, Nitschke was the middle linebacker of the Green Bay Packers, so he's like the quarterback of the defense. That's and so right, a lot man. of guys think that, oh, he 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 got on because the team was so great. But when you start stacking him up against other linebackers, he wasn't as good as Willie Lanier, I don't think. I would take Willie Lanier over him.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much a toss-up. I'd maybe give Lanier a slight edge. But, but I mean, uh, Nitschke... Uh, at the beginning of his career, he was—he didn't make All Pro or Pro Bowl a lot because Joe Schmidt was playing for the Lions. He was the middle linebacker, and maybe he was just slightly better than Nitschke, so he always got voted to All All Pro and Pro Bowl. And then in the middle of his career, he was, uh butkus started in '65, and you weren't going to beat Butkus out for All Pro. So look at the other middle linebackers at that time. And that would explain why yeah, I, he didn't make yeah. No, I'm
2: I'm looking at the list. I'm looking now at the 2010 list, because what I did was I made a copy, removed from the 2010 list, and then added in 2019. Ray Nitsky was removed in 2010, as was Sam Huff. Sam Huff was on that earlier list in the in the in the uh in the uh Sporting news list, and he got taken off. And Sam, Huff, and so was Singletary. Singletary was removed. Mike Singletary was taken out of that 2010 list. They were there in 2010, but not in 2019. So the most recent list, those three guys are not on there. For linebackers, middle
1: linebacker is tough. Middle linebacker is tough because there's been so many great ones over the years. That's one position where there's been just so so many great middle linebackers. So they have Buckus as number one, right? They have Nitschke as number two. Lambert as number three. Lanier as number four. And uh, there's no way I'd put, I wouldn't put Lambert ahead of Lanier. Then they have uh, Bill George, Mike Singletary, Joe Schmidt, and Sam Huff. So I don't have uh, on my current, I mean, my list is not 1999, but I don't have Bill George. I don't have Mike Singletary. I don't have Sam Huff. The other five guys I have in my top 100. But uh, Buckus, I, I think maybe you're right about Lanier. Maybe uh, slightly ahead of Nitschke.
2: I'll tell you who's very underrated, Marcus, Joe Schmidt. That he he was right. very, very good. He was great. Yes. And you don't hear a lot of talk about him, like when guys talk about linebackers, but he he was on all he was on all the lists. He never he wasn't yep. removed from any of these lists here. I mean, that's how great he was. You know yeah, what I mean?
1: That's impressive.
2: And, and the other thing that stands the other thing that stands out is I noticed of guys that were removed for this latest list of 2019. Three on defense were Packers: Willie Davis, Herb Adderley, and Nitsky removed. Mm, yeah, that goes back. That goes back to the people who think that they got on because they were part of the Packer team. That's what they're. Yeah. That's when you read about it. That's what they always say. Oh, that you know they they were part of the Packers team and they were kind of like you know because it was <laughs> such a great team. But
1: well, I, I mean. I <laughs> Why don't they say say the same thing about Jack Lambert then, right? I don't know. It's a great. It's a great, great point. Yeah, I I mean, I, I do have Lambert on my top one hundred, but I don't have him. I don't have him ahead of Lanier or Nitschke <laughs> or Buckus, right? of course. Uh, one thing I don't about Buckus. Uh, go ahead, Mark. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just going to say, I don't. I wouldn't put Lambert in the same class as those three guys. Butkus, Nitschke, Lanier, those those are the top three. Yeah. Anybody that watched, I went back and watched,
2: when they came out with that 2010 list, they came right. out with a video, which I have actually. Um, somebody gave it to me. I didn't even realize I had it until we started talking about all this stuff. But this was the video that came out. The 100 Greatest Players. In this video was this booklet, okay? Which was pretty handy. I came in and started looking at it. But I went back and started watching those videos and nobody hit. To this day, I don't care what anybody, I'll argue the point with anybody. Nobody hit a guy. Like, the the force that he was hitting with, Dick Butkus, I don't know what was going on there. But he was hitting men and he was you could you, you just go back and watch any films of Dick Butkus. He was yeah. lifting men up off the ground, and he was uh, hit, But his impact when he was hitting that was second. Right. I, I've never seen it since. Never. Not even
1: close. He would hit. Them I'm talking so hard on a regular would, basis. It was like a car crash. A the the guy that he was tackling would get launched into the air and thrown into the guy to the teammate who was standing behind him. He knocked down like three he three was actually, guys, like dominoes. It was like dominoes. He was
2: actually he was actually injuring some of his own teammates. If you look at some yeah. of those films,
0: <laughs> yeah. he was
2: hitting guys so hard, or other guys were coming in to make the hit. He was hitting the guy and the teammate <laughs> all at once, and guys were yep. laying on the ground. But he <laughs> and th- th- here's the thing, though, this wasn't like he was hitting quarterbacks, unsuspecting men who don't feel. The, you know, do have no pocket presence? They don't feel. Right, right, he right. was hitting running. He was hitting running backs like this.
1: Right. There's, know, a
2: uh, butt, there's a famous clip of but. There's a famous clip of Butkus Mark, right? Where he picks off a pass and he's got it in <laughs> one hand. He's carrying the ball out and he's yeah. actually looking for men to run over. He's not going. Right. Out. He's actually looking for men so he can run them over with the ball. <laughs> it was. It's. it's, it's <laughs> You'll see it in the clips. It's phenomenal.
1: Yeah, it really and, uh, is. It's great. I think of Jerry Kramer, the guard for the Packers. Uh, someone, uh, someone was interviewing Jerry Kramer and asked him about Buckus, and asked him, you know, <laughs> how hard did how hard did he actually hit? And Kramer said he never really messed up. He never really hit the. Uh, the offensive lineman that hard because he he just wanted to get them out of the way. He said he never really exactly. bothered, you know, his, all he cared about was getting them out of the way and getting to the guy with the ball. So Kramer said, no. you know, he never really hit me that hard because I wasn't the guy with the ball. He just wanted to kill the guy with the ball.
2: His career so, got cut short. but He had bad knees.
1: Yes, very bad.
2: the Bears... And, Let's face it: the Bears weren't actually juggernauts when he was playing. Oh no! And no. and so you know, a lot of these guys that got on this list later on, Mark, the 2019 list, the guys that got voted to that list, they had. Don't forget, they had the benefit of of being on television, and like somebody said about Ray Guy once, the punter who's in the Hall of Fame. Right. I think Dick Enberg got him into the Hall of Fame. Because he would constantly talk about the hang time of, right. of the Ray guys' punts. So they it's like yeah. they say John Madden got guys into the Hall of Fame. People, right. people say that. And so yeah, with no deep. television, really, you know, with Butkus playing in the 60s, most of his career, I think, right? '60s. What year did he come out, 65?
1: 65 to 73, played nine years.
2: Oh, okay. yeah. He, you didn't see a lot of those Bear games, you know what I mean? No, and he was just—he was just—he was phenomenal. He really was.
1: Yep. Well, you want to go to the defensive backs? They didn't pick yeah, too sure. many. They didn't pick too many safeties. So they got Ronnie Lott, number one. They got Larry Wilson, number two. They got Kenny Houston, number three. Emlyn Tennell, the Giants, number four. Jack Christensen. At number five, Jack Christensen, I do not have on my top 100. The other four I do. Uh, if I had to pick two, if I could only pick an 11-man team, it's hard to, hard to beat Kenny Houston. Kenny Houston, I think would have he, he to was be. Tr- yeah, he was tremendous. Yeah, um, Kenny I'd have a hard time keeping Kenny Houston off of my off the field, and then between Lott and Wilson, that would be a tough choice. I don't know which one I would go with, but Wilson was the first uh, safety to really blitz, right? Yes, he was. He was master. like the
2: father of the safety blitz. That's correct. That's right.
1: That's right. And he wasn't a big guy either.
2: No, they have Kenny Houston here. With fifty-one punts. he also returned punts. Right. So I mean, all that stuff comes into play when they consider, you know, um, he was a great, great player. Played in one hundred and ninety-six games, and and he had forty-nine interceptions. I mean, that's not the telltale sign. Like I said, stats aren't everything. Mel Renfro had more interceptions than that. Yeah. Mel Renfro, I believe, had fifty-two. I th- I, I think even I think. Well, they got Lem Barney on this list from '99 at corner. They,
1: oh yeah, but corner. we were
2: talking about we we were talking about safeties here, but I'm going to be honest with you. I I think one of the best I've ever seen. I watched a clip on him the other night. a show. show. Uh, and he did end up playing safety at the very end, but he, I think he came up as a corner, and at the later in his career, they moved him to safety, and he made the all. He was all pro at safety. Believe it or not, and I, th- I I would take him over Deion Sanders every day, any day of the week, and twice on Sunday. It's, it's Rod Woodson. I thought he was tremendous. Yeah. Rod Woodson was phenomenal. He Deon Sanders couldn't tackle. He's you're well, not saying he couldn't tackle. He, he could, didn't but want to. He didn't, he didn't wa- want. He didn't want to tackle. Yeah. You got to have guys on your team that want to hit people. And Rod Woodson did it all. Right. He did. I thought he was just a more complete player. I thought he was that good. I really did.
1: Yep. So at cornerback we got a Detroit Lion, Arnie. Yes, we do, yeah. Uh Dick Night Train Lane. They have ranked as the number one cornerback. Then yes. Mel Blunt, number two, Mel Blunt. Three is Deion Sanders. Four is Herb Adderley. They picked a lot of cornerbacks. Uh Willie Brown, number five. Daryl Green, number six. Woodson, they have at seventh. Mike Haynes, they have eighth, and Lem Barney, another Detroit Lion. I didn't have him on my top one hundred, but they have him as the ninth. They picked nine cornerbacks.
0: Nine I cornerbacks. thought
2: Lem Barney was great. Oh yeah. I thought Lem Barney for the Lions was a great player. He had a, he had he had fifty six career interceptions, which is which is pretty damn good. And he had uh, he had a lot of kick. He returned one hundred and forty three punts returns and 50 kick returns, three touchdowns. Yeah. Um, he, he was, he was an all around great player. Him and Mel Renfro were, cause they played a lot during their careers kind of overlapped. Right. You know, cause uh, Lem, uh, Mel Renfro came in a little sooner, but Lem Barney got voted to, to this team. Mel Renfro did not. And I thought Lem Barney right. was just a great player.
1: He absolutely was. Uh, I don't know now. If I had to pick an 11-man team again, you can only pick two. Oh, boy. It's really hard. Blunt, I, I got to go with Blunt, Mel Blunt. And uh, maybe Night Train Lane. You got two you would, heavy you know, hitters he's a- there. Yes. Blunt and Yeah, and You Lane. Would have to think. <clears throat> They'd be afraid to catch the pass with those two guys out there.
2: Yeah, his signature tackle was the clothesline. That's right. And you go watch those old films of Night Train Lane. He was, he was correct. I met him actually at the Hall of Fame once. That's right. I thought you he was taller, but he, he, yeah, he wasn't that tall. But, um, he had a very heavy accent. Yeah. I'm not sure where he was from, but. Uh, that guy George Plimpton, he 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 played with the Detroit Lions. He was a writer, right? And they let him come in, and they he wrote a book called Paper Lion. Yep. And he said Night Train Lane. He says he he was talking about stuff. He says I'm not sure what he was talking about. <laughs> he couldn't understand them. And and he was from England, I think. And he said I don't even think Night Train Lane knew what he was could understand himself. He was just <laughs> making a joke, but I mean. Um, it was a different era, but he was the pioneer of it all. I, I would say you gotta put him in there as you know what I mean, as the top guy. Yeah. Based on what then, I've read, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Now I uh, mean the okay. most the most recent guy the most recent guy in that list, Mark, was uh was was Daryl Green the mo- no no. Deion Sanders was more recent than him. Okay. Uh,
1: on that list from ninety nine, yeah. Sanders would be the most recent. Yes. So now we got another list here. This one is from 2007. This is uh, Paul Zimmerman from Sports Illustrated. And he didn't uh, didn't pick. Sports Illustrated asked him to uh, pick an all-time offense and an all-time defense. They told him 11 guys. On offense, 11 guys on defense. And Zimmerman said, no, forget it. I can't, there's no way I could do that. He said, it's impossible. He said, that would be impossible. I'm not, I'm not doing it. So they said, all right, then just right. Take, do, do it, do whatever, you know, uh, so defensive end, uh, he had, he had, uh, Reggie White and, and he gives like a little, uh, What was special about each player? Uh, Reggie White, he said, was the most powerful defensive end. That's what I was telling Arnie. He was like a power rusher. Uh, then he had Deacon Jones as, uh, the best overall pass rusher. Uh, he had, he has Gino Marchetti, and we were, talked about this, that he brought in the art of grabbing and throwing the blocker. And now, Number, uh, this guy, a uh, bit of a surprise here. This is what I liked about, about Paul Zimmerman. He didn't just go with the standard picks. Know who he has, uh, has his number. It looks like, well, he didn't really number them, but he's got them in his, like, top four. Uh, Denver Broncos, Dave Rich, Tombstone Jackson. Yes. He has in his top four said he changed. Really? Offenses had to change their game plans because of Rich Jackson. And uh, he, he uh, lobbied for him every year. He lobbied for him to get in the Hall of Fame. And they would always say, yeah, but he had a short career. But one that's one thing I noticed about Paul Zimmerman. He didn't really seem to put a lot of stock into how long your career was. Like if you had four years where you were a dominant player, that was enough for him. But his career was cut short by a very bad knee injury. So those well, were his top four.
2: It's like uh, Terrell Davis. You know, they say, should he be in the Hall of Fame or not? He only has played seven years. But to me, because football is such a physical sport. Right. A guy that could play 12, 14 years and barely miss any games, is that in itself <laughs> is a feat, I think. Yeah, you're not kidding. You know what I mean? They talk about Jim Marshall. I, right. I don't have his stats here. I can look him up, but he played an unbelievable amount of games for the Minnesota Vikings. And I don't think he ever missed a game. Right? No, he,
1: I think he played till he was 40. He might've been 41 years old when he finally retired. I don't know. Yes. Uh, you know, I don't know if I would say hall of fame, but, uh, play, like you said, to play, and for only one team, and for only uh, well, not most of his career, he played for Bud Grant. I think he played for Van Brocklin too, but most of his career, he played for Bud Grant. And if you can start <laughs> every game for Bud Grant, you know you were doing something right. He, he played from
2: 1961 to 1979. That's amazing. Uh, and. Two hundred and eighty-nine consecutive games.
1: Wow, that's amazing.
2: Okay, to, to me that's phenomenal.
1: <laughs> Absolutely is. phenomenal. It is phenomenal.
2: You know, I'm just—I brought it up as a point. Not right. that he's—you know—not—not not that he's on any of these lists, Jim Marshall. But the fact that he, if you could last that long, like some of these guys, they, Merlin Olson played fourteen years. That, that's big. As a defensive, yeah. Lilly played 14. I mean, a lot of these guys played, you know. Get, getting back to the safeties and uh, corners, Mark, The one of the more recent guys, and it was I proved pretty unanimous, was Ed Reed.
1: Ed, Ed Reed, Reed got yeah.
2: put in there on the la- – yeah, he got put in there on those later lists. Right. He's on the 2010 list, and he's on the 2019 list, Ed Reed.
1: That's uh, more of Arnie's era, right?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes. Ed Reed. I mean, he listened. Oh. He was a he was
2: he was tremendous. Yeah. I mean, I only know a lot about Ed Reed, not a lot, but I know only of, of of him because of the fantasy football. And you know, as you start watching all the games, because you got these different players, now you're seeing guys you probably wouldn't be watching. Ed Reed was phenomenal. He really was. Right. Okay. I mean, he could ta- he could tackle, he could yeah. cover. He always seemed to be in the right place, the right. T- he was always around the ball. He was a real what they call a real ball hawk. He really was.
0: Yeah. The other thing he did too was uh, Ray Lewis would not have been what Ray Lewis was without Ed Reed because he knew Ray could make more. Uh, I guess you could say he could take more risks because he had Ed Reed was going to take it take care of business on the back end. That's
1: a good. Yeah, That's a great point. Yeah. Uh, two, two. It was. Uh, Edmer. Okay. Uh, just getting back to the uh, defensive end. Uh, Paul Zimmerman had two. He, he didn't really say where he would rank these guys, but they were like honorable mention. He uh, uh, made uh, Howie Long. He said Howie Long didn't have a tremendous amount of sacks, but he caused a lot of sacks because he would flush, flush out the uh, – he would flush out the other, the the uh, offensive lineman and allow his teammates to make the sack. And then the other guy he mentioned, Mark Gastineau. He said, Holy Moses. He said, I Mark mean- Gastineau. Well, he, you know, he did point out that uh, Mark Gastineau had very little interest in stopping the run. He pointed that out. That's why he didn't have him as one of his top guys. But he said he was a relentless pass rusher, and I forgot about the, how athletic he was. He said two, he weighed two hundred ninety pounds. He ran a four point five forty forty yard dash, four point five. Weighed two ninety. That's yeah, how athletic. That. Yep, yeah, that's how athletic he was. Yeah, but he's, yeah. yeah know, I didn't he's, know that.
2: I, I've got a list here, Mark, of uh, selected by Merlin Olson. Of the Ballets. defensive lineman I admire the most, these are his picks: Merlin Olsen. Why oh, that should who I thought be was the second best ever? Yeah. Deacon Jones, he's got at number one, obviously because he's their teammates. Right. Played He's right got next Bob one. Bob Lilly at number two.
1: Uh
2: huh. He's wow. got Reggie White at number three, so he's got a, a more a little more modern guy in there. He's right. got Bruce Smith at number four. Bruce Smith. Wow, who we really didn't. Touch, I don't think we touched on him at all, but he's yeah, on those he more recent lists.
1: Yeah, he was on the list. yep. Yeah.
2: um, he's got Joe yeah. Green at five, Marquetti at six, Doug Atkins, who we didn't talk about.
1: Yeah, he's Doug on Atkins,
2: some of these. He's on. T- I think he's on the ninety nine and the. Uh, I don't know if Zimmerman mentions him, but Doug Atkins. What was he primarily played for? What the Saints, Mark.
1: Uh, no, most of his uh, – at the end of his career, he played for the Saints. Most of his career, he was with the Bears. And uh, he's another guy that played oh, that, till he was – he played till he was about 40 years old. Doug Atkins, phenomenal. Yeah. I don't th- he's not on the 99 list. I think he's on one of the more recent lists. Uh, anybody – do they have anybody else there uh, that Merlin yes, Olson final- picked? Yes,
2: Yeah, the final three, Mark. Randy White. There's one Uh for Arnie, Alex Karras. He's got Alex Karras in there. And Willie Davis at number 10. Right. Yeah, Willie Davis at number 10.
1: Willie Davis gets mentioned a lot, yeah. Uh, Karras was probably a little bit uh, underrated. Do you ever read the book uh, by Vince Lombardi called Running Run? What was it called? Running to Daylight?
2: No, I never read it.
1: Oh, very good book. Uh, Basically, the book is just about uh, one week, like starting on Monday and ending on Sunday. The whole book is just the preparations that go into one week of, you know, getting ready to play your opponent. And they were playing, they were getting ready to play the Detroit Lions. And all through the book, he kept mentioning, and he wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't mention his name. I think they had a little bit of a, a, a little bit of a, a rivalry, Vince Lombardi and Alex Karras. So he would never mention his name, but he would, he would say, well, through the book, he would say, "We got to stop that number seventy-one. We got to stop number 71. So I think he, he's probably a well, little he, bit he underrated. mentioned him here. He's, he's, yeah. he's
2: mentioned on that list right there. And here's a list by Art Schell. Uh-huh. Art Shell made a list of the t- toughest defensive ends he ever played against. Right. And at number one, he's got De- Deacon Jones again. Right. Um, he's on all these lists, Deacon Jones. Yep. And number two, number two is going to surprise you. I think. Lyle Alzado. That does surprise me. Yeah.
1: That does Elvin surprise Bethea, me.
2: at number three. Uh-huh. Fred Dean at number four. Let me tell you something about Fred Dean. Those three lists that I got about guys who shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Right. Fred Dean was on all three of those lists. That's a, I, I found that very surprising. Wow. I, I didn't read. I I have to read. I can't remember exactly what each list. Why they thought that he maybe shouldn't be in there, but he's on here from uh, Art Shell, and he was pretty pretty darn good. Art Shell. He's got oh, Rich yeah.
1: Jackson. There you go. Right there. Yep. Mark number five. Rich Jackson. Yeah, just okay. I mean, you know, you know how good he was just by his nickname. They call him Tombstone. Yes. (laughs) Who else does he have? He's got Cedric, Cedric Hardman, Elsie
2: Greenwood. Here, here's a Uh surprise for you, Coy Bacon.
1: Yeah, for Coy Bacon. Yeah.
2: Yeah, those were the toughest ones. He's got. Yeah. So those are these are interesting things by guys who. Deacon Jones has a list of the best linebackers from his era. And at number one, believe it or not, he's got Chuck Bednarik. He's wow. got number one position. This is Deacon Jones picking these guys. Dick Buckus at two. Ray Nitsky at three. Sam Huff, yep. Huff at four. Uh-huh. Bell, Lanier, Jack Ham. He's got Lambert at eight. Ted Hendricks. These, all those guys are on the lists. And Bill George at number 10.
1: Right. He was really the first middle linebacker, right, Bill George? I think 1954, because they pretty much played like uh, 5-4 or 5-2 up to that time. They did. And Bill George um, was really the first middle linebacker.
2: Yes, exactly. So, so um, I mean. What was that, Dave? No, it's kind of it's kind of uh when you start reading what the players actually think yeah. it's very similar all these guys are on these lists you know if you think about it right um you know I'm trying to look for uh, some coaching lists of, of of uh different uh coaches uh what they think you know right some of them are a lot of uh, uh, here's a list by Mike Ditka of the best uh-huh. linebackers he's ever seen, he's got Dick but- Butkus at number one, obviously, because I, I, they played did they ever, their careers.
1: Yeah,
2: or they know yep. he's yeah. He was on the Bears at the same yeah, time. Yeah, they played. To- yeah, they played together. He's got Ray Nitsky at number two. Uh huh. Sing- Singletary at number three. Mike Singletary.
1: Yeah, that's kind of a surprise. There you
2: go. He's got here. You go, Arnie. Joe Schmidt at number four. And Bill George at number five. He's got six is Ham, seven's Lambert. Chuck Howley at number eight. Mark,
1: right? Yeah, Chuck Howley.
2: Willie Lanier at number nine. Who I I predict he will get in this year. Chuck Howley.
1: Yeah, I, I think hope he's so. gonna get
2: in. I sure let's hope, hope he, so. Let's hope he's still alive. You know, when they make the thing, it's only a few yeah. months away. Yeah. And Sam Huff at number 10 on this list. Lanier right. and Huff. So of, of those guys, Butkiss is on the list. Nitzky was on the list, and then he got kicked off of the 100 right. greatest. Singletary was in this book, but he's not yeah. on the final list. He's, he got kicked off the latest list. <laughs> Joe Schmidt's on all four lists, I think, all three lists. Bill George is in there. Jack Ham is on all the lists. Lambert's on all the lists. Howley's not on any of the lists, but he's here. Yeah. Liner's on all lists, and Sam Huff gets kicked off at the end too. He's not. He's not on the 2019. He's got one of the guys that's been removed.
1: Right, right.
2: You know, but I mean, it is what it is. I mean, if if <laughs> you take that, if, if if you look at that bookmark, I made a list when the when the when the 2010 list came out from the from the NFL. Um, they made all those videos. Right. I. Made a list of the of the players and how they went up and down on the list, how yeah. they moved from 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 nineteen ninety nine right. to twenty ten. It was only it was only a ten year span. Yeah, there was a lot of different movement. Wow! Like, here is a guy we didn't talk about, a lineman who made it, Leroy Selman. Yeah, Leroy Selman was on that list. He got added to that list, but he was not in the book. He was not Uh in the 99, obviously. By 2010, he was on the list. Same thing with Derek Brooks, the linebacker for Tampa Bay. He's not on the early list, but he's on the later lists, the top 100 players. Derek Brooks is on two of those lists, I think. Right. I'm I'm looking it over now. Sam Huff dropped down. He was on the list, both of the 99 and 2010, but he... He lost 17 spots. He dropped down. Uh-huh. Um, I'm looking at Willie Davis also. Same thing. He went down 17 spots. He was number 69 in the book out of 100. He right. went down 17. Right. Joe Schmidt made it,
1: but he uh-huh. went down
2: 19. He went wow. down 19 spots. I'm not sure any of them went up. I'm looking at that now. Um, that is not likely. You know, I'm looking at the li- Bobby Bell only dropped three spots. He was 66 in, tw- in, in 1999. He only dropped three. Sp- Bobby Bell was a great player. Bobby oh, Bell man. was a big guy. Like, Bobby Bell was like a linebacker that would be playing today. Yeah. He, he, he was not yeah. like a small linebacker. He wasn't sure. one of these 215, 20-pound guys. He was a big guy.
1: And he was fast. He oh,
2: he was very good.
1: Size and the speed.
2: He was very good.
1: Okay.
2: Um, I'm looking uh-huh. at some of these line, I'm looking at well, Randy White made all the lists, right? But he did drop 11 spot. He does another guy that doesn't really get enough credit. He was uh-huh. phenomenal, Randy White. He really was. Yeah. Um, Jack Ham went down 13. He went from 47 to 60.
1: Wow, that's surprising. And
2: Mike Singletary only dropped one, although Singletary got kicked off the yeah.
1: 2019
2: 100 greatest players. at the most recent list, he's not on there.
1: Yeah, well, it's a lot of a lot of players. A hundred a <laughs> hundred years. No. hundred years of NFL. That's a lot of players. No, it is. I mean it's
2: it's 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 a lot of players and it's it's something to make the team. Yeah. You know, and so, you know the guys that got dropped off, and some of the guys that got added. I don't know if I necessarily agree with them, but they added John Randall to that list yeah. in 2019. Do you, you w- agree with that, or I wouldn't, I wouldn't
1: have him. No, I wouldn't <laughs> no, have.
2: No, I don't know if I agree with that. No. Uh, how about a linebacker? They added Junior Seau to that list. Might- 100
1: greatest players. I might go with Seau. I might go with Seau, but Randall, I thought was a—he uh, was a good pass rusher, but uh you know you could run the you could run the trap on him. Hi, him and uh, Alan Page had the same problem. They were great pass rush. Some they were two of the best defensive tackles at pass rushing, but against the run, they they were a little questionable. You could run the trap right, right. on both of them. Look what they did. No, you're Look right. Look what the Dolphins did at Page in the Super Bowl. They just kept running the yeah. trap. <laughs> and he at couldn't. Super Bowl yeah. 8. That's right.
2: There was some tremendous. If you go back and watch some of the highlights of that game, the the, the Dolphins offensive linemen were actually swiping guys off their feet. Yep. In that game. Oh, they got them completely out of
1: the place. That was an incredible offensive line. They talk about the kick. so uh, you know. They talk about uh, the great wall of, what do they call it, Emmett Smith's offensive line. That Dolphins offensive line, to me, was the best offensive line ever. That was you a think? phenomenal line. Oh, phenomenal. <clears throat> well yeah, wanted I'd to, like to see how <laughs> many. Go ahead, Mark. I wanted to get back to uh, Paul Zimmerman's list. Uh, defensive tackle, he's got Lily number one.
0: There you go. I guess we're going to have to wait until next week for part two of the defense for Mark, Dave, and yours truly, the Football History Dudes, all time of the 100 list. You've been listening to Yesterday Sports and the Football History Dude on the Sports History Network, the headquarters for sports yesteryear. Now, if you want to go ahead and learn more about the Sports History Network, head over to SportsHistoryNetwork.com. But for now, dude, I'm through if you're
2: through.